Hello, this is William Fink of Christagenia.org, and this program is being pre-recorded on April 24th, 2019, to be broadcast at Christagenia this coming weekend. I'm not certain whether it's going to be Friday or Sunday as of yet. This evening, we are honored to have Dennis Wise here to speak with us. Dennis is the creator of many wonderful cutting-edge and controversial documentary videos, including Adolf Hitler, The Greatest Story Never Told, The New World Order, Communism by the Back Door, and lately, The Secret Masonic Victory of World War II, and another series I just noticed yesterday, I think, How the World Was Fooled. Dennis's critics slam him with astute observations such as he is not a historian or he is not a famous filmmaker and even facts do not matter. Only so-called experts going along with the status quo and Jewish lies apparently matter. More recently, I presume Dennis has also come to understand at least much of our Christian identity view of scripture and history, and I am certain we will have many things to talk about. Hello, Dennis. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you. Hi. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Uh, good to be here. Yeah, Pleasure. I know. It, it's definitely a long time coming, probably about two years <laughs> since I first thought of it, and I apologize for the delay. Yeah. Well, I first have to ask, how and why, I mean, if somebody goes to your YouTube page, that there is a lot, there's a huge investment in, in time, uh, time alone, just to create all the videos, never mind all the research that you had to have behind you before you started. So sure. that's not a casual endeavor. How and why did you start it? <laughs> well, uh, it, it goes back to, to my childhood uh, when my father, who fought down in the Balkans on the side of Germany, <coughs> came to England uh, to escape Europe and then uh, married. And obviously, I, I arrived. And then during the upbringing, he, he would. He would we would, I can remember even now, we would sit around the fire to get some long pieces of wood, put, put them in the fire, and, and we would sit talking because he, he got divorced after uh, 18 months and, and, and he, he got the, the judge gave him custody of me. So we were just us two in the house and talked for many, many hours, you know, uh, about his, his escapades in, in the war. And uh, so by, I would say by the age of 10, I was pretty well clued up that the Germans weren't really the bad guys. Uh, but unfortunately, I was only one, you know, in the school and everywhere else where it went who thought like that. And so I never bothered, you know, getting into an argument with anybody because I soon found out that you just mentioned the word Adolf Hitler and all the shutters come down. So, you know, life goes on. Uh, but then one day I was in, at school and they were teaching about uh, Adolf Hitler and obviously upcropped oh, the six million Jews that he killed and obviously a young, young kid is easily uh, affected and uh, so when he came on I said to him oh, what's the six million Jews he killed and then again we went more into detail uh, and he assured me that you know no such thing ever happened and 
I kept all this for a long, long time, knowing the story. And in, in many ways, it worked in, in, in your favour because I could see through the, the propaganda then from about Iraq and, and other wars, the Falklands and everything else. I could, I, could, I could see a mile off before most people, which was good for my lads as well because they never wanted to join the army because they knew joining the army was going fight for Israel. And uh, I also told them, what I've been told, so, you know, but that's as far as it could go, it's just in a family circle. Uh, and what happened to my family just after World War II was down in Austria, and what I, I call the Bluebird Massacre, most people who were involved in that do. Wikipedia have a different name for it. Uh, Bluebird Reparations or something they call it. And what happened down there was, obviously, with the fall of uh, natural socialism and the war, uh, obviously, in other parts of Europe, people were trying to get away from the communists. And that particular area, they flooded towards Austria, the border, where they could then surrender to the West. Now, not only were the soldiers who were fighting heading there, they were taking the family as well, because... They're not going to leave the family behind. Granddads, grandchildren, babies, daughters, sons, everybody went with them. And they were called camp followers. 200,000 soldiers were down there. That's the, that's the official figure that I discovered in the greatest story I ever told. Now, if you average, just say, two, a soldier, which is ridiculous because, you know, he's got his wife and his, his kids and it's a lot more. We'll just say, if we, you know, we say two per soldier. That would make it then 600,000 eventually were massacred when they were sent back to the communists. When, in fact, with a population of Croatia of 4 million, it was a hell of a lot more. But besides that, what happened previous to all these soldiers throwing down their arms and surrendering to the British the Cossacks also had surrendered, the ones who were fighting on Hitler's side. And they were told, I'm sorry, but you boys are going back to, to Stalin. And so for three days, they were fighting the British. The British had baseball bats and battered them onto the trains and sent them back to Stalin. Certain death. This time, with 200,000 soldiers of the families, they didn't want to go down the same road and just simply lied. And they said, the uh, trains were going to pick you all up. The trains were going to Italy where you're going to be safe. Everybody's thinking the West is at least honourable compared to Stalin and the Communists. Tito down there. Uh, fair enough. Got on the trains. Suddenly all the doors were locked. Headed, instead of going West, headed East and certain death. So when they some committed suicide on the way, uh, but on arrival, some were shot, some went on death patches, and I managed to get hold of some interviews from British officers who were openly talking about it in an interview. And uh, a sergeant, one of them, a sergeant, actually said he could hear the, where, where this particular post was, they were shoving all these families over the border, and they could hear the machine guns going off. He could hear it. Uh, and so... Uh, I think it was uh, a general was talking 
and uh, he, he was saying he phoned up headquarters and asked what about the camp followers when the word came send send a soldier back and uh, I, I believe it was uh, Churchill or if not Churchill it's Circle I said yeah the camp followers as well which means babies teenagers young kids grandfathers grandmothers everybody and they were all wiped out so knowing this all that time I've come to a decision, a time for a decision, where once the internet broke, suddenly I had a, a capability of getting to a bigger audience. And it's only a capability at the time because all I'd ever done was promotional videos, not longer than, you know, three, four minutes max. Uh, and this escapade was going to be a, a marathon. I knew it would be. And uh, the way I did it in the 15-minute section worked well for me because have gone well over time but I kept in this boundary 15 minutes and I have never since it works fine for me and so I made a decision so what do I do I knew what was happening in the world to a certain extent of that I didn't know it all I still don't know it all but I know a lot more now after the other two documentaries but at that time I did know what was going on to an extent and uh, I decided well if there is an afterlife and uh, you know when the old calling comes and, you know, if you're lucky enough to be banging on on, on the gates of heaven, uh, and I do meet these relatives of mine back in the past, and the question comes, did you ever tell the world about what happened? And if I had said, well, no, I didn't really fancy the job, I couldn't have looked them in the eye. That's just how I am. Right. It's just a conscious thing. So I told the story. So, so let me summarize this real quick. You really um, came to begin investigating the events of World War II in greater depth because you understood through your own father that the German people were not evil, they were not the criminals they were made out to be, and that there were actually many atrocities against Germany and her allies, if I had to summarize Correct. that. Yes, so you are a, your, your trade is making promotional vi videos for companies uh -huh. that want them. And, and you applied yes, those skills to creating the greatest story never told. Was that your first effort? It's the first that I heard. That was the first it. effort. That was the first one. That's a big first effort. I, I can't. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't even know if people are accepted anyway. I count over 110 videos on your main page, and you probably have a lot of others that have been removed, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. that's a pretty respectable <laughs> output because it appears that you've been doing this for about five years. Yes. I think 2011 started researching. Uh, I think, was it 2013 it came out? I think it came out then. Uh, and what it did with YouTube was... Uh, I was putting these 15-minute parts up, and I knew I'd only have so long before, you know, they come on what we're going. Because it caught them completely by surprise. They just never expected anything like this. And so uh, I managed to get 17 episodes out of what was a total of 26 before they banned it. But it was already too late then. I mean, it was already gone around the, the, the uh, internet. Other websites were carrying it, uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook and everybody else were all talking about it. And, uh, you know, people were actually scared to watch it at one point. Some people admitted saying they wanted, but they don't. And, 
you know, they had to pluck up courage. And then when they watched it, a lot of them couldn't sleep for two weeks because when you watch the actual video, because as it's going along, it's, it's actually showing the proof. And so people couldn't sleep because they realised that they'd been, you know, it's the biggest spell ever cast over the world in 1945. Oh, we all went under it. Well, apart from myself. And uh, I think that documentary was the one that brought the spell, to be quite honest. Well, well, it's an excellent documentary. I would recommend The Greatest Story Never Told to anybody. I have actually um, posted it at Christagenia in a place that is not public. It's a private link. People can only see it when they're given the link. But I did that, and I hope you don't mind, but I did that in case it ever disappears. In case it ever disappeared from the Internet, I would have it on the Internet and and publicize the link. Uh, I mean, that's what I'll do. appreciate it. Yeah. You've you've managed to stay online, and and I know how, the challenges behind that. How, I, I mean, people, people ask me how, how come you're not banned. Well, I am I am shadow banned. Uh, I can leave comments and nobody sees them. And I'm also if if you're viewing the YouTube channel Dennis Wise from England, it actually says there's no content, and you've just said yourself there's over 100 videos on that channel. So someone's telling porkies. Wow, that's the way they get you. That they shadow ban all of us. It, it's um, I've sure. suffered it myself, right? I, I mean, I have. Yeah. I, I've had YouTube. I don't do YouTube for this reason. I have YouTube videos up, and I've sat with people in my chat room, and we keep going uh-huh. to the video. We keep going to the video. People using proxies and Tor and sure. things like that keep going to this video and watching it, and the counter never goes up. That's true. <laughs> I get yeah, 50 yeah. views that I know that I'm witnessing in my own chat room in a, yeah. in a short time, and the counter doesn't go up. It stays at the same number. And, and I only have a couple of YouTube videos on my channel, but I, I have more followers than I have views. So that doesn't make any sense. Yes. And, and that's no. why I just don't upload anything there. Christogenia is my YouTube, right? I mean, I. Sure, sure. If you want to have the, this um, re- revisionist, I'll call it a revisionist message that opposes world Judaism, that then sure. the, the only way you're going to stay online is to do it yourself because they control everything. Yeah, I agree. Yes, I do. I agree. For some reason, uh, you know, obviously, I think part one was banned of uh, the third documentary, although you can still see it online. Uh, and coming by the back door is now slowly getting banned because they realise what a powerful documentary that one is. But I don't even host the great story because I know if I put that up, they'll, they'll just wipe the channel out. So well, somebody once said, and it's quite interesting, he says uh, he had a theory of why my channel was still up. The theory was, according to this guy, he said that the Jews have done that much, that they've forgotten what they've done and they go back to my channel to check. And who could who could disagree with that? <laughs> That's pretty funny, right? That, yeah. that, that is pretty funny, but it's also it it seems to be um right, yeah. it, it seems to be true to a great degree. I mean a lot of conspiracy sites and and websites that carried a lot of the material that you've cited and there there were a few when yep. um when I first came 
back to the internet, I should say, in 2008, there were a lot more websites carrying that type of material that have yes. disappeared. They've disappeared sure. since then. Um, that there's, um, I, I don't want to get into names, but there is an ocean of such material that you could easily drown yourself in. Yes. You, um, you said you studied for several years before making the great, greatest story never told. I, I have Research, no doubt. Yeah. But you seem to, to, you really seem to have done a wonderful job of presenting the material which seems most pertinent to getting the core message to the viewer. And, and it must take hours and hours of sorting and research for every minute of material that you, you have in a video. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Aaron Zundel actually watched it. Uh, he wasn't allowed back into the United States when he came out of prison. And uh, so him and his wife uh, had a holiday in Mexico. And uh, while they were on holiday in Mexico, they actually watched The Greatest Story. And uh, although we never spoke personally, which I've always re regretted, uh, he did make a comment saying, I have no right to get some of that material what I found. He, he, he would just flabbergasted how I got it. And there were different ways that, that I did get it. And one of the ways I told uh, the guys making Hellstorm, uh, I said, if, if you want to find, you know, good um, material footage, just instead of putting the English title in YouTube, put the Polish or, you know, the Turkey or whatever, just go to Google Translate, translate it over, then put it in, in YouTube, and that will take you then to the Polish part of YouTube. And you'll find documentaries there that we've never seen. Or even you know in, even in Russia, so uh, and that's what it is. That's it. I said we've got a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you know before before we started the actual interview here, but we had uh, talked a little bit about the conspiratorial view of history, and you mentioned the French. You, you know, yes. Nesta Webster. Nesta Webster was a great. English mm. writer cover, covering um, Freemasonry and, and yep. basically came to realize a world Jewish conspiracy late in her career, where earlier in her career she was defending the Jews. I know I've read <laughs> her books and, and I've published, um, I've included a lot of her material in my own podcasts, especially uh -huh. on the Protocols of Zeon. And, yep. and she found... Um, much of her documentary evidence in the French language. That it's yeah. that that's beyond me. I mean, most like you said, the makers of Hellstorm, right? Most yeah. Americans can't even penetrate it, or wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. I mean, first you have to learn French, but to know that that stuff is there, it, it's it it takes a huge effort. I I gather, well, I assume, or a lot of luck. A lot, a lot came out of France simply because of the Grand Orient. You know, France has been Masonic for a long, long time. Uh, Britain has been Masonic for a long, long time. Uh, and these countries are actually occupied right. by a foreign entity or a mixture of the elite and the foreign entity. And so America, the day that the Fed was handed over to them to print their, you know, allow it, a private company to print the money was, was the day America fell. I agree. Uh, yeah. 
there's a there's a photograph somewhere where it shows there was a rabbi uh, on on the day when all this happened. The rabbi was there celebrating with them, you know, so it's mega importance. They knew what they'd done because they'd done it with London, and uh, obviously France was another one. So this is why you always get this connection with England and France and uh, and America. It's a Masonic, obviously, link. You've got World War Two rules of that thirty-three degree. You've got Churchill, uh, ex Druid even, and uh, Freemason. And in fact, people say Stalin wasn't a Freemason. Well, my argument there is, and I will argue this day and night, Stalin would not be allowed in the same room to talk war secrets if he was not a member of the club. Just would not happen. That's Freemasons' own rules. Uh, and so Truman was another one. And even Attlee, who replaced Churchill at the end, was a Freemason. It's uh, a club, which in the second documentary I go into greater detail, because that club runs the entire world and its industries. And to get to any level of any making a fortune, like in the music business, movie business, you know, even, you know, police in the army, you have got to be in the club. And if you're not in the club, the door's shut and you're left with what you're left with. Well, well, I've done um, I, I've done a series of podcasts on, that I call the Protocols of Satan. They're on the Protocols of the Elders yeah. of Zion, and I've done a series called the Jews in Medieval Europe. I actually borrow from a Catholic um, who did a great job on the Jews in Spain, and yeah. that was E. Michael Jones. Yes, um, yes, he's to me he's terrible on the Bible and ancient history. <laughs> He's yeah, terrible. And he's terrible but, on Nazi Germany as well. Well, he does his stuff on other things. But he's great on medieval Europe and Catholicism. Yes. And and yes. I have no doubt that um, Freemasonry was assembled from aspects of Talmudism and Neoplatonism and the Kabbalah, uh, along yeah. with a mystic sort of Zionism. And and yeah. Freemasonry is absolutely Jewish, and it indoctrinates white men into something yeah. useful for the advances of the causes of Jewry. And, and Fifth column. Yes, absolutely. It creates them, and it, it creates our own people who are looking for themselves to get ahead, so they join masonry thinking they're going to get yeah. ahead. It creates them yeah. into soldiers in the fifth column. Exactly. I mean, you join Freemasonry mainly because, you know, business contacts, you know, right. again, doors open. Bill right. Cooper talks about this. Uh, now, Bill Cooper got a lot right. I mean, he was coming from a different angle than where I was coming, but we did meet smack bang in the middle at one point. But he didn't realise about Nazi Germany. He, he, he didn't realise, uh, you know, uh, that communism was already in America long before World War II. Uh, but he came up with some great stuff. And, you know, uh, like I said, my work and his work joined together at one point. But it's not just uh, Bill Cooper. A lot of historians, Mullins is another one, uh, who just, all they had was the information coming out which was controlled from Europe about what was going on in Europe, uh, building all these soldiers up to fight this monster to go and save Europe. And all the time, they were, f they were fighting to save Bolshevism. Uh, this had happened down in South Africa when... The British was down there plunging all the diamonds, 
uh, people back in England didn't realise there was women and children being put in concentration camps. Right. Uh, because they controlled the flow of information from uh, down in South Africa back to London. And so they've done it numerous times. And one of the first things the Jews do when when they go into a country, when they're welcomed in, as they were in Germany, we open arms, say, oh, yeah, come on in, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're wonderful people, you know, come in, we'll, we'll, we'll home, yeah. And uh, what they realise, like, is that the Jews do what they do. And one of the first things to do is take the media, because if you take the media, then people don't know what's going on. And if I could just say this, Bill, uh, since World War II ended, uh, and communism did win that war. There was a flag over Berlin for a reason, the you know Russian flag, Soviet flag. But it's been soft communism, thanks to the television. Right? The television has been installed in everyone's house, and it's been a constant flaw of soft propaganda. Previous to the television in, say, the Soviet Union, baseball bat over the head, communism. Now, I'm not saying that it can, it can still go back to that, which it can, it probably will, and, you know, people will await more. But for now, it's that television in the corner that's kept everybody sweet and everybody misinformed and everybody misguided. And you throw Hollywood in as well. And when Hollywood do a movie, it's like you're actually seeing that particular battle. So you leave that theatre, or you, you know, the next day when you wake up or you watch the film at home, you've actually seen that battle, so it must be true. That's what they worked on. Well, well that's absolutely and right. And, and so, sorry, I was just going to say, I had a six-hour documentary going up against films what were costing billions. I had to take them away, a little you know, documentary on a CD. Well, well, you must have put years into it, but I, I think it was well worth the effort. I mean, it's woken <laughs> a lot of people up. A, a lot of people so, yeah. that, that I've encountered over the last three or four years have admitted that the greatest story never told was part of their awakening process and, and well, set them down the um, path. In 2015, I only learned this recently, uh, but ADL, the ADL and Southern Poverty something or other, there's, there's another Jewish organization, I can't remember the full name, but something to do with Southern yeah. Poverty. I'm on their website uh, too. Right, well, they said in 2015 they are no longer going to challenge the greatest story ever told because they felt that enough people were still brainwashed not to watch it. Right. That's exactly what they said, and I've got a recording of it being reported. I would love uh, that. Which, I, I would love a copy Well, I, yeah, I mean, I probably put in the last episode of the documentary, really, because if it, you know if they're saying that, then there's going to be a whole lot of truth being. Yeah, you know, it belongs in there. It belongs in there. Yeah. That that they can't. Um, wow, it, it's that it's basically that's what it is. Is that they're maintaining their hold on things through the media, but because yes. there are so many places where my work is unchallenged, all of my historical essays um, explaining the true nature of the Jews that they can't be proven wrong. That they've been unchallenged, so they slander me. That's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and a whole bunch of others. And and, and uh, even if they lose, years. even if they lose five percent of the people to somebody, people like us, that they still control ninety-five yeah. percent. It. How do we yeah. fight against that? Well, to be honest, uh, in the third documentary, I, I discovered a whole lot more, uh, which wasn't good. 
1933, when Roosevelt came out with a big year, by the way, 1933, Roosevelt came out with a uh, what what he called the the new the new order or the new deal, right? People ran the into deal. the arms of the communism. That's right. And he brought out on the back of the dollar bill the Illuminati symbol. Now, for people who didn't know what that meant, obviously they weren't meant to know, but the people who were meant to know, the Freemasons in that circle all around the world, knew exactly what that meant. What it meant, I mean, that Illuminati sign was an original communist sign for the Soviet Union. It was used in exactly the same way. I on top of the pyramid, etc., and, and you know the, the the cap split, the capsule. So uh, basically, what he what he what he was telling everybody when that came out was that the, the pyramid represented the death of the Catholic Church, which he sincerely believed after World War One was a formality. So by 1933, he announced the Catholic Church is dead, and this war that they had with it, they overtook it and infiltrated, etc. But at the same time in 1933, Adolf Hitler came to power. And that's when I found out all the information on how he got to power and who was behind him. So, but it was a big year, 1933. Uh, the, the Jews then declared a holy war on Germany. And Benjamin Friedman openly says, he lived in Germany at the time, he knew that you know the Germans wanted Europe to be Christian. He was going to be Christian and communism. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Uh, so yeah, uh, so Roosevelt, after World War One, the Versailles Treaty, which starved almost 900,000 Germans before they come to the table to sign it, because they knew what that treaty meant, it was the death of Germany. Uh, the Versailles Treaty was actually a Masonic celebration. Uh, there was 100, I think 120 Jews there, people say, Leaders of the country brought, brought the Jews with them. No, 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 no. These Jews brought the millions with them who controlled these countries. Uh, and it was just one mass celebration. The port was banned. Uh, and after all the wars down in South Africa, in Ireland, all these other revolutions which they quelled, uh, they finally took uh, World War One. Now, at the time, in, in the greatest story ever told, I showed the British Empire as what... Germany was up against, and the countries were they'd be tamed. By the time I did the third documentary, I realised I was wrong. It wasn't just the British Empire; it was the British Talmudic Empire, which then brought in a, a mass of land from Soviet Union and other parts of the world. So it was even greater than what it was in 1914, when the British ruled God knows how many millions anyway, and they were calling Hitler later somebody wanted to rule the world. So, right. Things just uh, just got deeper and deeper the more documentaries I did. The the rabbit hole is bottomless. I I, I like to think, yeah. and and a lot of my readers say that Christogenier is the end of the rabbit hole. Is is the actual historical identification of the biblical peoples and and yes. the actual nature of the Jew. That, that is the bottom of the rabbit hole. And, and along yes. the way, and I have to ask this for the sake of my, um, my own listeners, because they're going to want to know, um, they've seen your latest videos. A lot of the people in my forum, there's a little buzz about it. You've yes. seemed to come to accept at least a lot of what we call Christian identity. And, and 
I'd like you to briefly explain that process if, if you can or yes. if you will. Well, I didn't actually realize that it was Christian identity. What, it, what started me off was, obviously, when I first started doing The Secret Masonic, uh, obviously, you know, I knew at some stage Christianity was going to go into it because at the end of the day, that was what World War II was all about, Bible versus the Talmud. But uh, and I knew that every time I mentioned it, I got jumped on by all these pagans and blah, blah, blah. And, and so I realized that Hitler and, and the National Socialists actually didn't believe uh, that Jesus was a Jew. Uh, and the more I looked into it, I could see the credibility. Even Benjamin Freeman, a former Jew, Christian said Jesus wasn't a Jew. The only difference was that some people think he was a Judean, and other people think it was Galilean, which Hitler used to call him the, the Galilean. So I looked further into it, and uh, oh God, it's a whole. I mean, they destroyed it for sure. We know they have; they're still arguing. Uh, but how much they've destroyed, it just it's, it doesn't bear thinking about because. Obviously, tampered with the, with the Bible, and I show the corruption of the word Jew, which Benjamin Friedman showed us. And before, when the printing press came out, the numerous ways of spelling it, till they eventually landed on the word J E W, and then used the scam of Judea being the reason that they were Jewish. When all the time, they were Canaanites and Edomites, and later, Khazars by faith. So all this comes together, and I did what I did a documentary on uh, coming by the back to where I included uh, the Kazar story, and people like David Duke and a few others have actually said they didn't believe it. Now I can't understand this because it goes way, way back before Benjamin Freeman, where books on this have been written in history, uh, and to me it's it's just so obvious. I mean they're they're breed unto their own got their own illnesses, uh, they got their own features, and they were, you know, a, a warrior race, if you like. And so uh, that really now today is, is the majority of, of, of Jews in the world, and these Kazarians, Ashkenazis. Well, well, so right. all this research all came together, mm -hmm. and it came to that, that conclusion, which it came to in the uh, final episode, or well, the last episode. I, I personally don't quite accept the way... Heinrich Gretz told the story. He gave the account. It, it goes back before um, sure. the 13th tribe, right? The 13th yeah. tribe, he's a latecomer. Heinrich Gretz was a Jewish historian who, who was really a notable yes. and tedious Jewish historian of the 19th, 18th, 18th 19th century, the mid-19th century, the 1800s. And uh -huh. he told the... Um, the typical version of the Khazar story, what, which is a little fantastic, and I don't really accept it the way he told it, but there's no doubt that the, a good number of Edomites, after they were basically driven out of the Byzantine Empire, after the conversion of the Byzantines yeah. to, to um, Christianity, the Edomites had gone to Khazaria, and had intermarried with a great number of the Khazars to create what we know yeah. now as the Ashkenazi Jews. I, I do yeah. believe that. I, I am fully persuaded by that, and mm -hmm. it is evident in history. 
it's sketchy and we have to rely on Jewish sources for a lot of it, but that's only because um, Christians or Gentiles, I should say, generally yeah. don't write that type of history. They don't write hmm. about those things. I, I just did a, a long series of programs on the Jewish nature of the Mestizos and Latinos in Latin America and, and mm -hmm. how the Jews had race mixed with them right from the 1400s. But Gentiles, yeah. Gentiles don't write about those things. They don't write about history no, no. from that perspective. Oh, Hitler. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Only Hitler. Now, now yeah. Freemasonry, I, I, I mean, we could talk more about Christianity if you'd like, or, or perhaps later on, but I'm persuaded, and, and I have been from my own um, copious research into antiquity from many different sources, that, that the white European people are the descendants of yes. people in not only the ancient Israelites in Palestine, but other related nations in Mesopotamia. That is where our Western civilization came from 3,000 mm -hmm. years ago. <clears throat> so, so yes. and, and the Greeks, all the Greek myths and the earliest Roman myths that are constantly traced back to those same people or to people with, with very similar pagan religion to the people of Mesopotamia. And, and that's where yeah. our culture comes from because that's where we came from. I, I have mm -hmm. no doubt, and, and these Jews, today's Jews, and today's Arabs are genetic corruptions and, and the race-mixed people that were left behind. And, and today they're taunting us. And, and that's, there's a whole story behind that too, but that is who they are, Canaanites and, and Edomites. Yeah. So, but, but Freemasonry, and, and that's going to lead me to another thing. Freemasonry is not the only rabbit hole thrown out right. there which traps Europeans. It's a, it's a significant one, but you tell me that you've spent a great deal of time arguing with pagans who yes. make these insidious claims that Hitler and the National Socialists were pagan. I really appreciated a lot of the supporting evidence that you found to the contrary, especially quotes from Himmler, who they love to, to put on a pedestal well, as, so I, as the example <laughs> of pagan Nazis, right? Sure. Yeah. To me, nothing clouds the issues concerning the last world war in the minds of whites more than the thought that Hitler was a pagan. And after that, yes. Hitler was a Rothschild or a Rothschild agent. And, and that's yes. probably the greatest distraction in nationalist circles on the internet. It, even yes. more than flat earth, right? Yeah, even more, I mean, I, I kind of avoid flat earth if I can, but people, you know, know what I think of Freemasonry and NASA is a Freemason organization. Well, well absolutely. So, you know, I don't believe a word to say. So. But my, my point is that, that it's a, become a huge distraction and it clouds yeah. all the other issues, all the more important Those. issues. Correct, yeah. I mean, uh, there's some major points, really, what, what people don't realize, uh, and I can't blame them because I didn't realize it, but one particular one was the fact that the Soviet Union, which was the biggest killer of Christianity, was after the revolution, the Russian Revolution, unless people think that Schiff and the other bankers 
had a, a bolter line in it, and they suddenly turned all charitable and turned the Soviet Union over to Lane. What it meant that revolution was the U.S. bankers via London had the Soviet Union as a proxy. They ran the Soviet Union, and they called the shots in the Soviet Union. So Stalin and Lenin would have been the bad boys, but behind them was the U.S. bankers. Yes, absolutely. So, I agree. Absolutely. And that changes everything, the way I was thinking, because I was thinking it was a separate entity. But it's not. It's the same. And when you look at it, why, that's why when uh, people down in the Balkans surrendered to the West, they were sent straight back to Stalin. Why wouldn't they be? Because well, Stalin's going to get rid of them. Even before uh, that, that, that's why... I'm sorry. That that's why when the Bolshevik Revolution took place, it was successful because Britain and America never intervened. The only help they gave the white armies was like token help, yeah. just so that they just could say they did something. Yeah. That they didn't do anything. No, uh, Kitchener was on his way there, but he, he I think he. Uh, he shipped some for some reason. I'm not, he was a Freemason anyway, so what help? You know, I don't think he would have been a help to the Russians. But certainly, that is a big statement there because when you get to World War II and the declaration of France and Britain on Germany, uh, and then in six weeks, being well, France being taken over and the British floating back to on rowing boats, that then is a significant time because. In our history books, it's hidden. But the fact that Churchill, as Britain did in the First World War, went for American aid, Roosevelt had run his election campaign on not sending his boys to war. So when Churchill said, we need some help because it was taking all Europe, <laughs> uh, what can you do? He says, can't do anything at the moment. But what he must have said, I'll get on to the bankers because they're all Stalin. And suddenly, you've got 30 million army uh, uh, soldiers, a uh, huge army on the borders of Europe, about to be invaded, which Hitler preempted. And, it, you know, we're not told. We're told, yeah, millions of uh, Russians were captured in the first few weeks, but we're not told why. And I'll deny on Wikipedia, conspiracy theory. But I found evidence of the papers and who signed them for that date in June 40, I think it was, uh, for the invasion. And Hitler only preempted it by three weeks. Right. Which was right at the end of the great story. Operation Barbarossa, right. I did a series of podcasts on that several years That's ago. Right. Um, I, I may not have, I, I didn't have that evidence that you just cited. I don't think, I don't, I don't remember it. But there yeah. were some excellent articles on that in the Barnes Review years ago that I had drawn from. That, sure, that yeah. definitely showed it. They were definitely convincing that the you know the Russians, Stalin was amassing forces on on his western yes. front to invade Europe, and Hitler That's basically right. having to attack um, Stalin's forces outnumbered twenty to one, perhaps. I, I mean, Hitler basically yeah. threw Germany on, on the altar to save Christian Europe. Yeah, because it, just coming off the back of the Spanish Revolution as well, because um, Spain couldn't provide anything more than 85,000 volunteers for that invasion, but obviously Stalin would have gone right through, straight through to Spain as well. Uh, 
at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's all covered and hidden. And even Churchill, I discovered, has one mouth and two tongues because in his speech of uh, We Will Fight on the Beaches, in Communism by the Back Door, I pointed out that he says that Christianity, you know, the saving of Christianity is paramount. And yet he sides with the biggest killer of Christians the world's ever known. Right. Right, but that goes back to the deceptions of the, of the Jewish-controlled media and, and how the people yeah. just believe everything that comes from the television. Yeah, exactly. Put nice suits on, nice tie, good appearance, and people believe it. it. It's incredible. Most Christians, to me, do not understand Christianity. And, of course, they do not understand National Socialism. They have no. been imbued by their churches with Jewish pop culture that, that's been repackaged in Christian terms and symbols, so it appears to be Christian, but it's not. It, it's, it's experts on it. And therefore, most Americans, and, and this goes for all those pagans on the Internet, they don't have the necessary tools in their minds to no. recognize that Adolf Hitler was a true Christian. And that National yes. Socialism, and this is the important part, is walking the walk and not talking the talk, that National Socialism was grounded in Christian principles. They don't have the yes. tools to realize that. Well, the Nuremberg Laws are actually just a, a modernization of the, of the uh, Vatican Laws, uh, bulls, Vatican Bulls, which kept the uh, Jews in the ghettos for centuries because they knew what the Jews, the influence of the Jews on Christian populations uh, has to be cur curtailed. I mean, they kept them in, in ghettos for a reason. You know, they didn't want uh, Christian women serving them and all this because they would have been corrupted, and, as they do with the movies and everything else. And so the Nuremberg Laws, if you read through them, they're practically identical. He's practically brought them all back again and destroyed every lodge in, in Europe where he got into. Right. And opened up all the churches in the Ukraine. Now, it's, you know, when people say, well, I needed votes, it, it's a stretch now. Come on. You know, actions speak louder than words. He saved Catholic Spain. He saved uh, the Ukraine. He opened up all the churches in the Ukraine. He shut down Freemasonry. Uh, what more, in fact, in one of the episodes, he actually said, uh, it's probably one of the greatest Christians that ever lived. I, I would agree because he actually um, carried out his Christianity in, in word and, and in deed. And yes. most Christians can't recognize that. They can't see the, the, um, the sound Christian principles upon yeah. which national socialism is based. Yeah. I, Christianity... And the root of that is the family. Well, well, right. The root is the family, and, and that's the basic, the, the most basic unit of, of a yes. nation. Hitler understood that a nation was really just an, an extended family, and that's really all yeah. it is. I, I mean, that's where the word ethnos, that's a concept that the, the Greek word ethnos and the Latin word uh -huh. natus, which means birth, from which we get nation, the Latin word natio, 
that that's the, that's where it came from from that concept of the nation as an extended family and and that concept is holy christian christians don't even understand that that even mm. in the new testament the promises of god are still only for 12 tribes and peter said it and paul said it and james said it and it's in the revelation but they can't read past john 3 16. that's right that's they, not that's sad yeah uh, they don't get he, past. He, 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 he michael jones stops that point well, well, Mammon, Mammon is the Syrian god of wealth. And in Matthew chapter 6, Christ was really saying that a man could not serve both God and wealth, which is a rebuke to individualism, such as we see today in our consumer-oriented society, which is the, the product of Jewish capitalism. And, and he said, no man can serve to masters. You are not able to serve God and riches. And and where Christ told his followers that if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's in three yeah. gospels. He didn't mean that we all have to die and be crucified. He meant that they should spend their lives for the benefit of their brethren and their kindred. And, and that they're, they're, so he, read, he said in Matthew chapter 20, you know that the princes of, of the nations exercise dominion over them, and it shall not be that way among you, but whoever will be great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. If we want to be great, we serve one another. We help sure. one another. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And, and those, the, those tenets, um, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you in John chapter 15, that Christians have to keep that. And a greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That Christian concept yeah. of self-sacrifice for the benefit of one's community is the founding it. principle in yeah. in my comp. Yeah. That absolutely. I, I'm gonna read a passage or two from Hitler if you don't mind. I, I sure. I'd like to nail this point. And Hitler said in volume one, chapter eleven, in the German language we have a word which admirably expresses this spirit, underlying spirit of all work. It is Flichterfullung which means the service of the common wheel before the consideration of one's own interests. That, that's, that's exactly what yes. Christ said in the gospel. And by this we mean to signify the willingness of the individual to make sacrifices for the community and his fellow men. To this kind of mentality, the Aryan owes his position in the world. And the world is indebted to the Aryan mind for having developed the concept of mankind. So Hitler, that there are statements like that all throughout Mein Kampf about right. individual sacrifice for the benefit of the nation. That is how Hitler is a Christian. Not because he yeah. is constantly talking about Jesus. The churches... No, it's true that, yeah. It, 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 it doesn't say... Well, unless they've hidden a lot from us... He certainly didn't spend a lot of time talking about Jesus, uh, but he did certain things like when when Rothschilds after World War One took Europe, he, they put the, their main charge of all the countries. So when Hitler took it all back by 1941, which was 
a surprise to me because even I hadn't realised that when after the invasion of Poland in 1939, he then invaded uh, you know Belgium, France, six weeks, seven weeks, Norway, another six weeks. Uh, I mean, Poland only 28 days. Then he went down, you know, into the Balkans. That was only a couple of weeks, you know. And so in a short space of time, he's got all Europe back, and he's put Christians in charge. Right. Replace all the Rothschild people and put Christians in charge. Right. And pagan does not do that. Well, well, absolutely correct. I, I have um, somebody, a friend of mine in Ukraine, a listener, a longtime listener, a few years ago had sent me photographs that he himself took, a few photographs of the synagogue, and the plaque explains how the synagogue was closed when the, when the Nazis came and occupied the Ukraine. And yeah. then he sent me the pictures of a monastery and, and similar plaques that talked about how the monastery and the church were closed and converted to warehouses and movie theaters when the Bolsheviks came to power. But that yeah. Adolf Hitler reopened them in the, in yeah. the National Socialism, in, in the German occupation of the Ukraine. There is so yeah. much real documentary evidence in that regard right in front of people's faces. Exactly. And they, they don't see it. I even show the Ukraine women blessing the soldiers as they go past. Yes. It's like, you know, does it get any more real? Well, if I could just say that at the end of the day, uh, Christianity and uh, Judaism was the, the prime factor. And the fact that historians have never even touched on Hitler closing all the Freemason lodges down, or why? I mean, I had a, a long battle on YouTube uh, when people used to say that he was a Freemason. And I had to go on a, a cult German website where I actually found the list of lodges and sister lodges and daughter lodges he closed. For the first time, I had a string of evidence in front of me, which I turned into a, a video, and then I, I, I added it to the same documentary. So for the first time now, we've got him closing down. So he's obviously not a Freemason. So when you look at his youth, and he's a Catholic, and the Catholic Church has been at war with Freemasonry, there's roads there for me to go there now, which I eventually did. And so when you come to the point where the question always arises, who funded Hitler? Well, I can tell you who funded Hitler. First of all, you had the industrialists that hated communism. Like right. Tyson. Absolutely. It, it, and, and the ones abroad, like Ford, okay, donate money. The, 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 the fact that in, in World War II, Vatican spent millions getting the soldiers out and sending them down to uh, South America and then funding them again in '46. It's pretty obvious to me that when they told their own party in Germany to step down <coughs> and close because they felt the Vatican felt they were too liberal under this Weimar government, they closed down their own centre party and advised everybody then to vote Hitler, which is how Hitler got to power being a dictator. So you're not telling me the richest, one of the richest institutions in the world didn't throw him any money if he needed it. I think it's pretty obvious. Well, well <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sorry. It's yeah. always been my theory that even Jewish industrialists gave Hitler money because they saw him right. as yeah. the, the last defense against communism. Bastion against communism. Exactly. Because even in England, 
there were, you know, Jewish politicians and uh, other members of this society didn't want to go all to Palestine anyway. You know, they, uh, and they liked the comfortable lifestyle. Uh, didn't want to taken away by communists. But well, that's the average this, American is oblivious to the extent of the communist threat after the First both, World War. Yeah, and exactly. th there was actually a communist <coughs> republic set up in Bavaria, a red republic. And, and yeah, the, the, the militia of the time, the German militia of the time, yeah. the common citizens, had banded into the Free Corps and ousted the red republic. Yeah. Germany true, was inches from communism, <laughs> from being plunged into more, it. There's one more funder, which I managed to find evidence hardcore evidence and the one more funder believe it or not was the Jewish bankers so when Sutton and Sutton and these others saying that the Jewish bankers funded Hitler they're saying it technically you know but it's not what it seems it was and right. I can explain that one to you in the speech and it's on the internet by Samuel Uttermeyer when he comes back from world jury he's at the big meeting what we're going to do with Germany they kicked it, all the communists and whatever. I'm tell them they got to reinstate all the Jews, reinstate all the communists, uh, were declared all the war. So that's exactly what I told Germany. Germany told them where to go. And so when he come back on his radio broadcast, and then it was printed the next day in the New York Times, the full speech, he declared a holy war, a sacred war on Germany. And it was never, ever revoked. In that speech, and it's there, in black and white, he chastises the Jewish bankers. Now, he's saying that he can't work out the psyche of it all, you know, whether they're scared or whether there's other excuse. Because what he's saying is they're sending millions to Germany, these reparations, what Germany's supposed to pay back, and Hitler isn't paying a penny back. It's been going on before Hitler. It was two years at the end of the Weimar government the Jews were sending the money, but the Weimar government wasn't paying any any debts off. Because so what it boils down to is the Jews were taking their cut. It wasn't fear; it was greed. Because at that time, Hitler wasn't known as an enemy; he hadn't declared war as such. And so Hitler was receiving all this money and spending it on what he wanted. But it wasn't like the Jews were backing him. They were just greedy to get their cut, usually. So, yeah. Uh, right. Technically, the, the banks did. But it's very black and white. And I can't believe that's not been spotted by a historian in British common. Hitler wrote about the evils of finance capital and usury-based economy in Mein Kampf. And <laughs> people um, also try to claim that he was an agent or he was a Rothschild <laughs> because he didn't shut down the stock corporations, the, the shareholder-owned corporations. But what they failed to understand is that he was also, being a Christian, respectful of property rights. Right. He wasn't just going right. to steal their property from them. He didn't like the system. He understood that it undermined nations and that it under, yep. undermined sovereignty. He explained it perfectly in Mein Kampf. But he, being mm -hmm. a Christian, would not simply steal the property from all of the people that were shareholders. That's right. That's right. And another, by the way, another 
uh, the same action as the Catholic Church was usually. The Catholic Church banned usually for years. Right. It's only this uh, Vatican II where, I mean, it was so ambiguous. You know, uh, well, we don't mind usually if it's only, you know, just a little. But nobody actually put a sum on it, and so they charge what they want. The, so the dam actually. I'm sorry. The dam actually was broached with the um, the first fifth Lateran Council in the days of the De Medici's. Mm-hmm. That's when yeah, it started. Yeah, it weaseled its way in, didn't it? Yes. Yes, it took that long. It really did. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm saying, with the Catholic Church, I can understand the criticism, you know, without a doubt at times. I think there's been a lot of propaganda against it, but there certainly was bad parts or good parts. The Jesuits, in fact, originally formed to battle heretics, Jews, Protestants, uh, and the rest. Actually, we're uh, in the beginning well, in allegiance to the Pope. There were that many liberal popes all getting voted in that eventually they were just allied to, well, their allegiance was to the church itself because they were right-wing. And a lot of propaganda has been spoken about the Jesuits when they were actually, their principles were the same as what fascism was. Exactly the same. Okay, I'll, I'll remain open to that. I won't say anything about it. I just don't okay. have a good enough understanding of the early Jesuits. It, it's um, sometimes I thought they were just the the dichotomy, part of the dichotomy in 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 contradistinction to the humanists. They were way on the other side of the of, of the. Well, the reaction of the Protestants against the Jesuits was to bring out the Ros- Ros- Rosicrucian. John Dee brought out that society, secret society, to battle the Jesuits. So is it, they're already fighting Freemasons, right? Uh, oh, yeah, John They were banned from Europe. Uh, they were banned from Europe at a time when it was politically left-wing in Europe. And the Pope was persuaded to ban them. Yes. And obviously, by the time they come back, the Catholic Church were even more erect. So it was obviously a, a way of getting to the Catholic Church again. Right. So, you know, I've, I've changed my views on the Jesuits completely. John Dee was um, instrumental in bringing the Kabbalah to to Britain. Yes, yes, we were taught one armada when there was three armadas destroyed by a storm, uh, and he was on, on his on his website. I covered that one in one of the episodes. On his website, his uh, society, John Dee, uh, it's admitted that he put a hex on the armada and uh, and, and numerous other things as well. So, uh, yeah, it is uh, Enochian language, which he believes was uh, a language from the angels. Uh, others believe that there were demons, but they got this uh, information coming down in droves. This is what drove the British Empire to suddenly arise with technology of building and bridges and weaponry and, and sailing. They went on to rule the world and they never been defeated, to be honest. Well, well at the same time, you had the crypto-Jews pouring into, in, into London from Holland and Spain and Portugal and... Yes. And and bringing yeah. all their money with them and and bribing all the nobles and and they yeah. I, I believe they were the driving force behind the British Empire. The, oh, the for British, sure, yeah, sure. The British only supplied the cannon yeah. fodder and the manpower. <laughs> That's yes, but, but, but what they did, I think they did a deal with the elites, and the elites uh, kind of merged and married as well in, in, with, with Jews. Oh, in yeah, fact, sure. George, the the the, uh, the the son of uh, well, whoever's going to be king, it shows me interesting in the royal family. 
George, the, the, the baby at the moment, when he's king, will be the first full-blooded Jew because uh, Diana was a Jew. Uh, yes. And uh, obviously Kate Milton's mother was a Jew as well. So the Jews from both parents. It's the first full-blooded Jew when George is uh, crowned. Oh, I definitely wouldn't doubt it. I, I mean, I, I've suspected Jewish blood in a royal family from several different directions, and I've written about it, and it's... Yeah. Wow. I believe there's Muslim blood in the royal family as well. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I mean, I don't know every member of the royal family, but I wouldn't doubt it if they weren't corrupted for, for centuries. Yeah, I think it comes from the, the, the Turkish Empire, Ottoman. Uh, but certainly, you know... When you think of London after World War, I saw a clip in comedies by the back door of London and all celebrating with Churchill and the Queen and everybody on the balcony, uh, and not one dark face in, in, in that particular crowd. And then I saw uh, another crowd today, which obviously there's a mass immigration, and the Queen's never said one word. Nope. And today, London is not a bitchy city and still not. One word. In fact, she went five years of giving a, 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 a Christmas uh, speech, so to speak, at three o'clock every every Christmas day. We aren't mentioning Jesus. Wow, amazing! Imagine that. <laughs> when they rebuild Notre Dame, I wouldn't be surprised if there were an, an, a minaret on top instead of a spire. I kind well, of expect that's that. The case with the Twin Tower, well, with the Freedom Tower, they've got one for that one. I haven't even seen that. I, I'm being honest. Yeah. I, I grew up under the World Trade Centers. I grew up. I, I grew up right there, Jersey City, sure. Lower Manhattan, and and yeah. I have not even seen. I haven't even bothered to look at what this um this replacement looks like. Well, I, I just tell know. you, Bill. Right, this is this is really weird. It's really weird. But they've got this. It's the highest building I think now in America, and they've got this Muslim thing right at the top. At the bottom is an inverted cube, what is in Saudi Arabia, where all the Muslims, they all go around in a circle if you, you know, lords usually die. <clears throat> if you were to physically pick up that cube from Saudi Arabia and bring it over to New York, it would fit perfectly into the cube which is inverted at the end, at the bottom of the towers. Excuse me. So, what it's saying, uh, in fact, I've seen in a video, uh, all the Bible quotes and everything, what it's saying is that the, the Muslims are, are taking over America, which they are. Obviously, it's just people behind them. It's the same in Europe and the same in Britain. So they're going to make it all uh, Islamic. And so Christianity's got a, a real problem because, you know, when Sharia law comes out and all that, and the Noah laws come out, and, there ain't going much, much room to move, to be honest. Well, well right. I, I mean, Islam, and, and this is a theory, but it's not my theory. It predates me by 200, 300 years. Edward Gibbon had, had um, hinted that Muhammad was part Jew, and, and William Alzog, a, a, a church historian of the 19th century, bluntly stated that Muhammad's mother was a Jewess. And looking at the data myself, I believe it. 
and the Quran was yes, written by Jewish awesome. scribes. It, it's, yeah. I basically disbelieve the entire story about Muhammad. I think that yes. he, he was propped up by Jews, and, and Jews created Islam in order to turn, to militantize the, the Arabs as use, as a tool against the Byzantines, to create a force yes. against Byz the Byzantine Empire to destroy Christianity. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a reason today nobody realizes it was. You got 60 odd million dead Christians on a battlefield in Europe, and nobody realizes it's a holy war. And, and the reason is, is because the media and press of all, I mean, they went into Germany for five years, and, and uh, you couldn't get in the country, you couldn't leave the country. Right? And they, they changed all the books and texts and burnt all the National Socialist uh, texts. So basically what it was, when it's come out, the story now, you know, of, of uh, what we believe, obviously, was a Christian-Jewish war, has been uh, smothered and covered over for one reason, and one reason only, because there's still a lot of Christians left in the world. And the idea of this new world order is no Christians in the world. And, you know, the way to do that is not advertise the fact that you just lost the war, and now you're going to get it. So they do... What they do, nice and quiet, they've killed Christianity in Europe. Uh, I could talk to kids now in Europe and they'll believe in aliens for God. Uh, so, you know, and then infiltrated the church, you mentioned the word priest, and think pedophile, which is also a Freemason uh, pastime. Uh, and so Christianity, I mean, we Ireland, one of the most Christian countries in the world, and just bought for abortion. So Christianity is its worst ever. If not, I mean, uh, the Catholic Church is dead. Uh, but there's still a lot of Christians about. There's a billion Catholics in the world who don't realise now that this is now the Church of Lucifer, and they're all going to get, you know, called into it. And eventually, there's going to be a decision to be made uh, whether you believe in Christianity or not. And uh, that's when it kind of fights. Well, the the more it's the fun. Well, well, Adolf Hitler and, and the National Socialists knew, they understood that Christ wasn't a Jew. They didn't know why, but they understood that he yes. couldn't be. And if you go back to the Old Testament, they didn't understand the Old Testament, but the Old Testament's basically a group describing an agrarian culture based around an agrarian economy and, and an agrarian calendar. It, it's so totally contrary. Everything in the Old Testament is 100% contrary to the, the nature and character of these people known as Jews, except for a book which I don't believe belongs in the Old Testament, and that's the book of Esther. And aside from that, they just knew from his character and the substance of his... Um, his professions that Christ couldn't have been a Jew and that the Jews yeah. hated Christ and, and were collectively opposed to him. So they wanted to believe that he was from Galilee and imagine that to have been a different race of people. And in truth, for the most part, the Galileans were a different race of people because most of them were Israelites and they were not the Edomites and Canaanites who had taken over Judea. Yeah. So, so we, we have the, the problem with Roman Catholicism is that their universalism, 
their inherent universalism prohibits them from seeing the role of race in scripture. So they see all the Judeans as equals and as Jews, or or imagine they came from Judah, but it's right in front of your face in the pages of Flavius Joseph, Josephus, and Strabo of Cappadocia. It's right in front of your face that the people of Judea, which was only a Roman province, and everybody in yeah. it, regardless of their race, was considered a Judean. It was only a Roman province. Yeah. That's where the word Jew comes from. And most of the people there were not these Israelites from the Old Testament. Only some of them were there. Most of the people there were these Edomites and Canaanites that had forever been corrupt races. We see that the Canaanites were the Sodomites of Sodom and Gomorrah. They were Canaanites. The Edomites (laughs) had forever been caravan robbers and and, and, and every filthy and disgusting (laughs) practice came from these people. Yeah, yeah. And, and they've perpetuated it for the last 2,000 years. They've perpetuated the same general tendencies towards licentiousness and debauchery that they've carried yeah. with them since the dawn of time. Yeah, they have, yeah. I mean, Berlin, I mean, I made a point to make a, 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 a passing coming to my back door about Berlin and how, how they cleaned it up from what, what it was, which was just a debauchery with pedophilia and everything else uh, and the Nazis cleaned it up right they did and and child prostitution and, yes. and that they were promoting lesbianism and and homosexuality in the Weimar Republic yeah, I, I have right. period art period posters in, in an article on my website I wrote on the new Weimar Republic which is America I, I had written yes. that article with period um art from the Weimar Republic in Germany, which showed that everything going on today, they were promoting in Germany a hundred years ago. And it's, it's, yes. people think this is new. This is as old as ancient Babylon. And that's where yes. it comes it from. Way back. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. In fact, I mean, they get criticized for, you know, uh, Persian uh, homosexuality. You tell me a country at that time, in the 30s, which didn't I mean, in London, in, in Britain, they put him in prison. Right. That's why they went to Berlin. So it's not a German thing. It's not no. just a German thing. No. It's, every, a, it's a Western culture. Right. Every state in America, until recently, had laws <laughs> on the books which prohibited um, marriage between the races and homosexuality yeah. or sodomy, as we would call it. Yeah, well, can I just say there, while well, I've got the chance, you just reminded me, I got criticised in the great story I was told for showing uh, what happened to the Red Indians and uh, I was trying to prove that Jesse Owen wasn't ignored and that race laws were worse in America than they ever were in Germany. And uh, somebody said to me, well, why did you have to bring all that up? And like I said to him, I need everything everything going, because I was going up against Hollywood for 70 years, movies and, and, and all the propaganda. So I did everything I need to show. When Roosevelt and others called Hitler a racist, it's the biggest joke on earth, because Roosevelt didn't even want Owens anywhere near the White House. 
Well, so well right. I just want to make that clear. Well, picking on America, but obviously this infiltration of Freemasonry, which I believe it was, you know, they've, they've, they've killed races all over. They killed them, the Maoris, the, uh, you know, the Red Indians, to call the land of them on reservations. It's all Freemasonry. But using white armies, and what's made it worse now, is they've used white armies to go into the Middle East and decimate the Muslims, and at the same time, they've opened the doors and let the Muslims move in the same country. So at a point when one gets a minority, and Muslims a majority, if what they did in, say, Russia, for instance, when they opened the prisons and caused chaos, if they did the same in Britain and in America, where you had millions of Muslims who've watched all this on TV, watched, you know, uh, Syria, watched, you know, Libya, and have had sex for a number of years, and with a hatred of white women, white men, that's going to be chaos unreal. And that's what they did in Russia. And I believe that's going to be the blueprint for Christian countries. Even the countries that thought they won World War II are going to go. Absolutely. And and there we we were the biggest whores. We deserve it. We were the biggest yes. whores for, yes. for Satan. Uh, I mean, the Americans and the Brits were basically functioning as whores, as shiksas yeah. for the devil. That that's basically yes. what we are as, as a nation. Yeah, yeah. Pe- I people- mean, another moment that what I got was when I showed over uh, on D Day when they landed on D Day. And they've got this memorial now over uh, in Normandy of this uh, of the American graves over looking all these graves on the wall is a pyramid with a capstone like the dollar mill. Well, well that's Meaning, an affront to Christ. Is that for that, that pyramid yeah. on the capstone is an affront to Christ. Yeah. If you look at the scripture, Christ is the chief cornerstone and that pyramid was well known throughout the ancient world everybody knew what he was referring to when he claimed to be the chief cornerstone and Mm -hmm. and he being god incarnate was the chief cornerstone that's the way the scripture describes him so everything Uh emanates down from above everything good emanates down from him the the jewish Masonic idea is humanism, which is the idea that man can rise to the position of God. Of God, yes. and and that's what that eye on a pyramid represents. Well, from the uh, communion, uh, sorry, from the Roosevelt Communist Manifesto, which was written at that time, it, it mentions the eye being uh, the surveillance, which in the French Revolution and, and the Terror. Uh, was the insinuating brethren in the Soviet Union? It was the Cheka and it was uh, KGB. So there's always going to be this around. Uh, but like I said, this is from I took this information from this what? book called uh, the Roosevelt's Communist Manifesto, right? Which all, I, do, I do believe it was one. All of that is true, and I agree with all of that. I'm not speaking contrary to it because. It, it's yeah. supposed to be God that knows what's in our hearts and God sure. who knows all things. And, and they're trying to replace God with their NASA. Jewish world government. With, with, yeah, That's right. The reason for NASA exists. 
Well, NASA is certainly a part of it, which convinces yep. people that there is no God. I, I don't believe in um, a flat Earth, but I'm sure that NASA is probably wrong about a lot of things. Yeah. It, it's... Um, I, it's I, obvious, moon I, I don't believe in a space. I, I don't believe in a moon landing either, right? So, no. yeah. <laughs> life yeah, exactly. is life yeah. is not black and white. Out. No, it was in wise to it. They've just got a film out about Neil Armstrong being the first man on the moon. So all it was there just to keep pushing it and you know making sure that people don't budge too far. Well, well, I started to question the moon landing when I was um, in seventh grade at the Smithsonian Institute. Uh -huh. and saw the supposed capsule that brought three grown men back from the moon. Yeah. And, and I see this little hole, and I'm just a little kid. I'm about 5'7 and maybe 120 pounds. And I couldn't imagine getting through that hole with a big puffy spacesuit and, and yeah. then sitting for days in this tiny little space with two other grown men. No. It, it didn't add up to me then. I questioned it then. It seemed incredible. Yeah. So. Well, I questioned it when I never saw any improvements in the footage because you can go back to concerts of, of, of acts in the 70s. You can watch them in HD today, you know, back then, black and white, you know. Right. But the moon footage never actually improved. So uh, I, I saw an actual guy who was saying, uh, we've lost it. We don't we've put it there. You know, if that was supposedly true, that's one of the greatest achievements that man has ever done is to land on another planet. And yet they lost the footage. And he even said, even if we had it, we haven't got the, the equipment to play it, which is another joke of a statement. Right. Uh, and, th and then another guy said, from NASA said, we have the technology, uh, and but we lost it, and now it's, it's too hard to get back again. So, you know, it's Churchill, one mouth, two tongues. Yeah, right. It's 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 all incredulous. I've I've seen a lot of the um, I've seen a lot of the videos. A lot of the videos exposing the moon landings or non-moon landings. Yes. They go too far, and and I don't know if if the government's not financing the ridiculous ones. I, I don't know. Well, that's right? just on millions a day. Unbelievable what they get paid. So they're going to just keep that going just for, for money anyway. Never mind trying to convince there's no God. But I also did a section on, on, in the same episode, I, I'm not sure if you saw it or not, where I showed certain, uh, not so much industries, but, but certain, uh, like Google, for instance, uh, and, and others, who are at war with God. They want to destroy God. And in one particular episode, I show this uh, this thing that you talk to to switch the lights on one of Google. And the guy actually says to, to the Google machine, well, thing on the desk there, who, who is Jesus Christ? And he waited for a second and then said, sorry, I can't help you with that. Now, it could answer who well, Amit was and everybody else, but couldn't answer who Jesus Christ was. And of course, two Ashkenazi Jew billionaires from Google, same people who were putting them to death, Christians to death in the Soviet Union. So it's no surprise. What I'm saying is, Facebook's the same, uh, so is you know all these other internet Gmail has a kind of a, uh, a sign which looks like an apron of a Freemason. They're, they're all they're all in it. They really are all in it. And the big worry is internet is a net. It is a net where they have information on everybody, and that could come yet into play 
especially with all outdoors and things like that. Right. I, I never worried about that because I can't hide. I, I no, that's true. Hide. But, yes. but it, it is true, and, and um, there's really nothing you could do. It, if, yeah, if somebody yeah. watches one of your videos, they know it. Yeah. That they know it. And if somebody comes back a second time, I'm sure they make a list. <laughs> I'm absolutely well, yeah. positive. It surprise me. One, one, one amazing piece in, in the first one, and I've always seen that because it has been banned, but like I say, it is available. If you look for it, he has Hitler giving a speech right at the end. And it's taken from a documentary called The Mystery of the Jews. And what Hitler's actually given a speech of is when he becomes Chancellor. And when he, he talks about, we want to do it ourselves, we don't want to be borrowed from anybody, Germany has to stand up on its own feet. I know that speech. You know what I mean? What the Jews said, the speech said in this documentary was. Uh, Hitler abusing Christianity on the table talks. That you know, it's a, uh, a bastard of, of uh, communism, bastard sort of communism, and it's blatant. It's just it's a speech when you were a chancellor. It would make sense about communism and Jews and, and, and Christianity, but it's there. It got banned. Well, it, it's I I don't you know you know I know you have your own websites and YouTube, but if you ever need hosting for a video or a hundred videos, I'm the guy to talk to. Well, yeah. I, I'll yeah, keep yeah. the stuff yeah, online yeah. one way or another. I, I've managed to stay online this long. I sure. was shut down by a couple of hosts um, yeah. early on, but I, I've kind of learned to try to keep myself up. And, and running. I'm not saying it won't happen yeah. again tomorrow, but I've stayed up. I was shut down in 2012. I lost four servers and right. I've been online ever since. So, yeah, yeah. Well, th that's a PayPal's another one because they control not just PayPal, there's other, other ones as well where they've, they've now shut down a lot of uh, money transactions to certain websites, etc. So I was in on it. Uh, and so they're trying to squeeze the air. Each of us as well, so oh, right. they, have the, they have the tactics, it's all quite behind the scenes, just like Christianity has been choked in Europe and elsewhere. Uh, ISIS is another problem for Christians down there. And what's really amazing is that is the Muslims that fought with Hitler, I find out, also declared a holy war on this Talmudic empire. Uh, and they were the Mufti from Palestine, and coincidentally. It's the Palestinians that have got the rough end of the stick ever since World War II. See, I, I see them just as um, more or less ju just people that the Jews are sacrificing to keep their own lies going and, and to keep yeah, people focused on them and, and their suffering and, and their struggle to survive. They're not struggling mm -hmm. to survive. Only a fraction of them have ever gone back to, to Palestine. <laughs> they're having a grand old time everywhere. That There's no place else in the world where they're persecuted. Not any longer. Mm, true, true. But, but the ones in Palestine where they once over, they had the tunnels to get stuff in and out, smuggle. And, and Egypt, now a, a bitch of Israel, has uh, now put water and a motor around that, so that, that stopped any, anything coming through with arms or medicine. So it is a prison, in effect, and I showed a, 
a cliff of Germany in 1945, flattened, and then ashore Gaza uh, just a few years ago, and then and then show an up-to-date shot of Gaza, which is more devastating, more Germany were. And uh, as I put on it, it's the same New World Order, which has done both. And and they, they use what's going on in Palestine. Uh, I mean, they use it to uphold the Holocaust narrative, to uphold the um, historic persecution narrative. And, and they're always the underdogs. And they have the average... It's not about Palestine. It's about the average American Protestant. That's what it's about to me. And, and they are keeping their cash cow in Washington going while they have all of these um, WASP church What's going to the WASP power? that these WASP church powers, churchgoers are worshipping the Jews instead of Jesus. Right. They right. all Because the, the WASP were the power once, right. I believe, in, in America. Well, they uh, absolutely... The Jews, obviously. You know. Now it's the Jews. I, I think the last yeah. gasp for the WASPs was probably maybe Jimmy Carter, maybe the Nixon years. It, it's hard to sure. actually pin it yeah, down yes. exactly, but... It's it's they were they were losing for a hundred years and and yes. they probably deserved to lose because of what they did to their own wasp kindred during the the American Civil War. I hate to call it a civil yes. war because that's a misnomer. And the Jews sure. were behind that too. Yeah, so, they were. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, both jobs. <laughs> they're behind every yeah. war without fail. That's it. But the argument is because they, they always throw that one at me. They fund all sides in the war. Well, I don't agree about that. I don't think they funded Germany, although inadvertently, before the war kicked off. Uh, and I don't believe they funded Saddam in that war. And the funny thing about that war is the same with the, I cover this again in coming in by the back door, Waco. The sacrifice of women and children in the fire at Waco falls on the day of pagan sacrifice going back to the uh, Old Testament, the, the, uh, right? The, the um, and, and, and the the war in Iraq starts on the same day as well. That's the and day. It the ended on the same day that this pagan festival ended. Uh, so there's there's a lot of connections there. That's actually the day of Purim, right? I knew it was some <laughs> That that's pure Esther. I, I did um. A series of three podcasts proving, I believe, that the Book of Esther does not belong in the Bible. Okay. It, it's a, it's a. What, what do you think of Enoch? Because I'm always suspicious of books being found. Okay. I believe I that the Dead Sea Scrolls versions of Enoch are probably legitimate, and they are what the um, the apostles were referring to when they quoted uh -huh. Enoch. But the Dead Sea Scrolls, Enoch, they are much different than what you would read in, in many places in the Ethiopic Enoch, which I do not trust. It's full right. of embellishments and, and entertaining interpolations. I don't trust yeah. the Ethiopic Enoch. Well, I don't trust anything after 1945 about Germany. I really don't, because 
after 1945, no one's going to stand up and defend them. There was no military uh, big enough to, you know, stand up against them. So when books come out, like, for instance, Albert Speer, he talked about Hitler. But can you rely on that? Because he knows if he says one wrong word, he's back in prison. Right. I, I so, have um, you know, derided Speer. I've derided Table Talk. I deride Spear. I yeah. think they're all bullshit. I, I don't trust yeah. any of them because I they all cater to that Jewish narrative. Yeah. And and part of that Jewish narrative is that Hitler hated Christianity when National Socialism was purely yeah. Christian. Hitler didn't like the churches. Hitler was a racist. No, I didn't. Hitler was a racist, but yeah, yeah. he wasn't the kind of racist that had unnecessary yeah. hatred for other races. No, I agree. He didn't hate the other races. He didn't have to. Leon, Leon de Grel put it in, in, in exactly how it was. He wanted his best for his own race. He wanted other races to lift themselves but up. To but me, he, was proud of, he was predominantly his own race. To me, as, as an identity Christian, it doesn't uh -huh. matter to me what you think about the other races. To me, that sort of racism is love. Love for your own people and love for yes. God's creation because God is a racist. The proof that God is a racist, I could give in two words. Race exists. Yeah. Race exists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... and the exactly. law in Genesis is kind after kind, kind after kind, everything after its kind. It, yeah. It's natural to love your own people and, and want to preserve them. If the world and the Jews say that that's evil and that's racism, well, that's me. Yeah. No, I, I, I quite agree because when they say that uh, nationalism and Hitler and everybody else is right wing, if you're a national, nationalism and, and, and you love your country and you love the people of that country, you can't get more centre. Never mind extreme right wing. That, that is central to, to, the, to the good of your country. Right versus left is another false dichotomy. It, it's, yeah. People are stuck choosing one or another, but the truth is that Christianity is right and left. It has elements of both looking out for your fellow man, making sure that he has bread on his table and, and yes. the, the, um, the tools to work with, that's not left wing, that's right wing. You're preserving your nation. Or is exactly. it left wing that you're sharing with your brethren? It's not right or left. It's Christianity. 100% agree. And I also believe that if a true follower of Christ, he's a Christian, whether he belongs to whatever church, He's a true follower of Christ. He is Christian. Well, well, right. I mean, Christianity, Christian is how you live your life anyway. It's not really what mm. church you go to. Uh, I, I mean, it, if you love yeah, your brother no, and look out for your brother, I, mean, I don't care if you're, you, your lips tell me that you're a pagan. It, if you're looking yeah. out for your fellow um, Brit or your fellow American or your fellow Southerner, whatever, you're, you're acting as a Christian. When yeah. you put their yeah. their well being ahead of your own, you're definitely acting as a Christian. Well, the problem also is the culture, the Christian culture, which has been established in Europe for thousand years. That goes when Christianity goes, and if Islam is to replace it, 
you're just going to get women stoned, hands cut off. The whole system is, is going to be upside down. And, you know, people will mock Christianity today, but they don't realise what that culture gave them. You know, even if they weren't particularly religious, they had a culture which protected them and looked after its own. But that's all going to go and all borders come down. Well, well, that's absolutely true. The pagans wouldn't be able to, to be pagans except that they live in a permissive Christian society. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah, you've got, got the permissive Christians to thank for that. <laughs> I, I think I, I wrote that I, I have a little page on my Mein Kampf Project site that Spears inside the Third Reich is useless drivel. Yeah. I, I, I mean, when I read it, I was incredulous how Spear was upholding the the, um, the Jewish propaganda. Official narrative, yeah. The yeah. official line. Yeah, right? too. Otherwise, otherwise he's going back to prison. I mean, you know, personally, I wouldn't have wrote nothing. But if you were going to write anything, it couldn't be anything positive, and it couldn't be anything true. Because if it were true, it would be positive. Well, well, Hitler, he mentioned, um, he despised the churches in Germany of his day because, and he explained why, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because they paid yeah. more, greater attention and had greater care and put greater resources into people in Africa than they did the people in Germany. <laughs> yeah. That's why he despised them. He, he believed, and he's right, that they should have been concerned with what was going on at home. And and American yeah. churches today do the same thing. They do the same exactly. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if anybody looked at Germany and saw what the Jews did to Germany, they do exactly the same to America now. But people just can't see it and won't have it. Right. It's true. Exactly the same. Yeah. Well, the pagans aren't going to see it. The Catholics aren't. I don't know what it's going to take to make people see it, but you're... I was very impressed of your perspective because it's so agreeable with my own and I believe it's so true that National Socialist Germany was indeed fighting a holy war yes. against Jewish communism and against Jewish capitalism, against yes. world Jewish supremacy. And Hitler knew and Goebbels yes. knew it and they expressed it that, that if they lost that war that basically the entire world was going to be yeah. um, kind of placed yeah, under is. the Jewish thumb and, and destroyed. Yeah, agreed. And that's why they are, obviously, they're, they're killing Christianity, but they're also going for the white race as well, because Jews, as you know, hate the white race, always have hated the white race, and they're silently going to get rid of it, either by race mixing or by persecution or whatever. But... The Right. That's but the plan. That's the plan. That goes, I have um, theological concepts on that which I can exposit through scripture. The white mm -hmm. race is the race of Adam. And I yeah. could go all the way back to Genesis chapter 10 and prove at every turn that the white race is the race of Adam. And I believe that the Jews themselves, as well as all of the other races in the world are basically the products of an ancient corruption of God's creation yes, that happened with these quote-unquote fallen angels 
and yeah. they are the branches on the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and they have always... Uh-huh. I, I mean, the other races, to a great extent, could never um, inflict harm upon us except for the Jew. Who has yes, who has first the sown Europe? Into first a, the Jews sowed right. First yeah. the Jews sowed Europe with a false universalist theology that's not Christianity, yeah. and then with yeah. the idea that we should uplift the other races, we put them in a position to be a threat to us. Yeah, I agree. If we didn't do that. They would still be sitting back in their little um, rice paddies and straw huts and, and, and be left to their own devices, and, and we wouldn't be bothered by them. Yeah, South Africa is a bad example, because uh, since they took over from the whites down there, it's, they're just going to run it into a, well, an overgrown jungle soon, because they just don't do, what, they don't want to work, they don't, they don't want to... Uh, they just happy as they are. I mean, so South Africa is suffer that way. Well, right. They're, they're they're never you know they're never going to have our values, our work ethic, our inspiration, our spirit. They're just different, and and we have to yeah, accept that. I agree. Well, well, any any anyway, I believe that <laughs> what's going on today started yeah. in Genesis chapter three. Okay. And, and it actually started before that because I believe that the fall of the angels in their rebellion against God, described in a revelation, predated yes. Genesis chapter 3, which can be established rather easily. But, but this is an age-old struggle that involves God himself and his enemies, and, and we are to witness and understand it. And, and I can probably talk about this for hours. I, I don't want to burden this program about, about your work and not about my theology. <laughs> no, no, no. Because like in, in a couple of episodes, I do cover, uh, for instance, Abaddon, who they believe is uh, the god of God. This is Freemasonry. Yes. Uh, and, and, and there's another one about the book of Revelations. I, I go into that with, uh, I can't remember the monster there, but there are some, some big monsters. And uh, like the guy said, he wants to read the Bible and you, and you start reading about these monsters. It's obviously Satan. So, but it's been a while since I did that episode, so I have to brush up on it. But yeah, I touch on various things in the Bible. Uh, and that's the conclusion I came to. This uh, this last episode, and I got criticised by some people, but I can understand that because re- religion is what it is. You know, it's always going to be controversial. Well, well, yes, it is. But it, it's I have a whole book on a commentary on the Revelation. I'll I'll send you a copy right. if you send me your address. And and sure. um, it it's it, if. If you don't really understand the entire Old Testament and the gospel, you're never going to understand the, the revelation. And even with that, you have yeah. to have a good understanding of history and overall understanding of history. It, it's very difficult to understand the revelation without that. And, and everybody thinks they have it figured out because they heard some Judeo-Christian pastor talk about um, Jews and banks, but it, it's not that easy. It's pretty involved. Yeah, well, the, the gist of it all was in one particular episode was 
that all the secret societies are all waiting for their own, for the same God. They're, they're waiting for their king, if you like. And right. Right. The you know, people are... might not realise it, but that's what they're waiting for. Whether it be Skull and Bones, or whether it be you know Freemason itself, and other break breakoffs, they're all waiting for this God. Yes. Some Jew to crawl out of the gutter in Brooklyn or Tel Aviv and, and rule the whole world, and that would be the Jewish Messiah, and they'd all be happy. Well, they've tried it before, haven't they? A couple of times. <laughs> that's that. I, that's I know one of them got, got the chance of being a, a Muslim or, or being executed, and he decided to be a Muslim. So that kills a lot of that one off. <laughs> that's the objective of Freemasonry Solomon's Temple. Rebuild Solomon's yeah, Temple. Exactly. And that's why, like I said, this. Uh, Thing is on top of this uh, one one uh, tree, freedom tower, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just one tower there because apparently the two towers, according to this uh, video I watched, was the wheat and the weed growing together, which is taken from the Bible and can only be separated once the wheat has grown, uh, and it's now turned into one. And Obama signed something quite uh, significant, saying, uh, sort of on the lines, don't quote me, but sort of the lines that uh, we've come back stronger, uh, you know, uh, meaning terror babble. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's interesting to look at it that way, but that is what, I mean, if you look at the EU, the EU statue oh. in front of the EU Congress, the, yeah. the woman yeah. on the back of a beast, I mean, how could it be, yes. it's right in our faces. Well, there's no God in the EU Constitution, and there's no God in the in the uh, UN Communist no. Manifesto. So that's where you're getting the uh, destruction of God, or you know, they attempted. I don't believe they can do it. They attempted to. Uh, it's it's wide open. It's, it's obviously you know people. It's there to see, but people just won't believe it for some reason. There's a block on it, and you know. It's all over our faces. It, it is all right in front of our faces. What we can't, yeah. you can't not see it. Read that book. Well, all this uh, predictive programming, I mean, uh, Back to the Future, just, I mean, it starts off when the Libyans attack that car, the place is called Two Pines. And then when it goes back in the later scene, it's One Pine. All <laughs> <laughs> related to it. So, I mean, Spielberg knows more than what I saw, you know. I'm sure. I'm sure that they've all been indoctrinated into all that mysticism and hidden meanings, and I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and they're laughing when, at us. They're mocking us. Well, I explained that again. This is why I think communism by the back door it was never going to get the full uh, treatment what, you know, the first one did. But it's so important. And he goes into this, and he says that all the way back to Plato, that the nations is there's two two teachings, one for the common man and one for the upper class. And in places like Yale and in places in Oxford, you know, for the upper elites, they're taught ministries. And those common people are taught whatever we're taught. So yeah, you're right. There's, there's, uh, this goes back way back, and, and, and the elite know it. And knowledge is power. Yes, it is. That the only um, problem is being able to leverage it. Oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. 
But I don't know which way we, we, we could turn there because there's no military opposition. There hasn't been since 45. Um, and the other split is this two, you know, one Zionist, one communist Jewish split. Uh, I really, people ask me, what can we do? And I really can't give an answer because the answer was to win World War II. Well, you know, we're, we're told that Babylon is going to fall of its own accord. Yeah. And once Babylon falls of its own accord, then the people of God are called, and, and they are white Christians, are, are called to reward unto her double. We have nothing to do until Babylon falls. Right. I couldn't say that. There's greater reasons for it. I, I go into it in depth in my book on the Revelation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would be willing to send you a copy of that if you'd like. Yeah, well, it's all it's all intertwined, isn't it? I mean, uh, I mean, it took me a while to realize that Freemasonry, Western Freemasonry, and Eastern Communism actually won World War Two, and uh, there's abundance of evidence now. Uh, and obviously, even abundance of evidence on the other side of the Germans fighting it. Uh, and so, when I go on YouTube now and see these lectures of why Germany lost World War II and all this, it's all, it's all bull. All bull. I mean, well, I even touch on Roosevelt building the Pentagon. It was built by an 18 months instead of, well, it should have took four years. And he built it because it was Masonic. Uh, Obviously, it was, some, it was some kind of Masonic uh, act, uh, you know, just similar to what John Dee had done with the with the Armada. Right. And uh, I mean, Pentagon is, is is one of those symbolic signs of magic, like magic. And uh, no one thinks twice. <laughs> Hitler didn't build it. I know that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's right in our faces all the time. A lot of um, government buildings. Yeah. Are, are built in patterns like that or, or, or have, are imbued with mystic symbolism. Yeah, especially in America. Uh, and those, I watched a documentary, went to one of the graveyards, and they all had a certain uh, symbol on, on the gravestones, which assorted to uh, Freemasonry. And it's, it's, deeper, it's deeper in America than what I thought. Uh, obviously, it was there right at the beginning with the Fairy Fathers. But... Uh, it's, it's, it's in all the little towns and lodges, and uh, it's amazing, really. It's the same in, in Britain, you know, in every little town, there's a lodge. But, well, in they're just, in, in symbols, they're just putting their true nature on display. That's all mm. they're doing, and, and people, the common people are ignorant of the yes. symbols and their meaning and their significance, so they don't notice it. Yeah, just walk past it as if it's not, not, not there. And when you know, you know. But it's a bit like when Hitler said he went to Austria. But first, when he went to Austria, like he, he didn't realize what the Jew problem was. Once he knew, once he, he learned, he saw him everywhere. Everywhere he looked, he saw him. He could see him then. And uh, <laughs> I, I can associate with that. Right. They are everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. They really are, yeah. For such a you know, usually about two percent of a nation to take all of that power. It's some kind of DNA thing. It's got to be. First, I I think they're a lot greater than two percent, and it is DNA. Absolutely. But they don't. Yeah. They only count the ones that go to the synagogue. 
Yes. New York City had one and a quarter million Yeah, well, that's Jews. the sense of it all, isn't it, really? In, in, in the First World War, in 1910, yeah. they had one and a quarter million Jews in New York Amazing. City. And, and yeah. now I know from my observation since I grew up there that they've spread out. They've spread out and intermarried with Goyim all over yeah. the, the greater New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. Those sure. one and a quarter sure. million Jews yeah. and probably shot out shoots all over the country. And, yeah. and there were Jews in Charleston and Galveston and Philadelphia and Boston. It wasn't only New York, but New York was no. the biggest concentration. The, 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 the whole of it, yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt if half the people in New Jersey had some kind of Jewish blood. It wouldn't surprise me. No, I agree. I do agree with that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. And, and it's, um, obviously, once, once the California, because <laughs> I saw a documentary once about these Jews were being kicked out of Germany, apparently. And when they went to California, it was great to sing it. Hitler ever did. All these beautiful women and all this sunshine. <laughs> yeah, right. I, 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 uh, right. I, I had documented recently, um, I did three podcasts, four podcasts discussing the Jewish conversos who had um, yes. settled amongst the Southwest Indians to create today's Mexicans. A great oh. number of them have Jewish blood. A great number of Cubans really? have Jewish blood. A great number. And after 500 oh, years of intermixing, yeah. I can't imagine that any of them don't have Jewish blood. Amazing. And, and I really believe, and I believe the Bible teaches, Christ teaches that, that your fruits and, and the things that you're capable of doing and your patterns of behavior and the civilization you create are based yes. in your genes, that, that society is a genetic construct. Yes, I agree with that. And if it's mixed like it has been, uh, and, and they're doing it at the moment in Europe, it's, it's going to just lower everything to a substandard uh, race. Well, well like. it's Egypt. That, that's Egypt. That's Arabia. Yeah. Look, look yeah. the Saudis are only one family of crypto Jews who run the whole country and possess all the wealth. Everybody yes. else is dirt poor sitting in camel shit. <laughs> yeah, they are. Sure that. Amazingly enough, I, I found that the race mix in Germany, in one of the episodes of, I'm, I'm going to need to know, was in the Rhine Valley after World War One, when the French sent 40,000 colonial soldiers armed to the teeth who had been fighting the Germans only two years before. And now the German men in the Rhine Valley were unarmed. And these blacks just went in and took any woman they wanted. Yeah. It was hell on earth. Right. Hell on earth. Right. Yeah. And all documented, you know, it's uh, people, I mean, Hitler really didn't really uh, take it out on the French. It, you know, he got off scot-free. Right, he wrote about it in in Mein Kampf, and and he hated the French Forum, but he yeah. wasn't a, he was not a vindictive man. No, he wasn't. No, and, and he explained why, didn't he? he? He said when he somebody when he was in prison, one of the prison officers used to give him an hard time, and when he came to power, that prison officer was still alive, but he said it would be so demeaning to actually go and chastise him because now he's a Chancellor of Germany. It's, He's above all that. Right. Well, when um, I, I was in prison for 12 years, 
And mm-hmm. before that, I worked in law enforcement in a jail, in a big jail for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And I know from experience and from seeing it myself that American blacks hate the rule of law. They see yes. law as a white construct, which yeah. is contrary to their nature. It's contrary to them, and it's an obstacle to them. And they despise it. And yeah. every American black in an American prison is sitting there waiting for his day of vengeance against the man, which they yeah. see as the white society. Every yes, one of them feel that way. That's how they feel. How dare yeah. you put me in prison? I have never seen a Negro who was remorseful for his crime. Every Negro I ever witnessed was that was remorseful was only remorseful that he got caught. Yeah. Because they live that there what is innate in them is the law of the jungle. I was gonna say yeah, the law of the jungle. Now when you mix up the races, you might get different results. You don't know what's gonna come out. Yeah. And and that creates a lot of um obfuscation. Confusion, confusion of the mind, I would imagine. Right. When and, you know, when a person's eighteen or nineteen he's not black and he's not white, it's and, I and, would imagine right. And and aside from that, we also have a an altruism. Whites have an altruism where we project our feelings and our values onto others who don't necessarily share those feelings and values. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we take it for granted that because they live in our society that they have the same feelings and values, and that's not true. It's not true at all. Well, you look at Detroit now, uh, and they're talking about white flight from Detroit. Now they're talking about white flight from Chicago. Well, simply soon, there's going to be no way to run. Well, when I was a kid in Jersey City in the 1960s, I witnessed white flight every yeah. year. What we go on summer vacation every year. I came back to school, and and five or six of my friends were missing right. <laughs> because their families moved out to the but, suburbs. Yeah. During the winter, summer. during the summer, they they took off for the suburbs, right? And and yeah, yeah. And, and and it's we moved across town to a white section across town in 1969. We had to move from Bergen Avenue in Jersey City, which was being overrun by blacks. We moved to the West Side, which was yeah. good for another 15 years. It really was, and and that was all I needed to get out of there, right? So, well, in Michael Jones covers this, you know, in, in uh, Destruction of Cities or something, one of these books anyway, where he says it's a social construct that they actually, at one point, you had the Italians and you had the Polish and you had the Lithuanians, and they didn't think themselves as white, they thought themselves as Polish and Lithuanian right. and Italian. Right. But then when they moved the blacks up from purposely from the south, uh, and then they moved into the suburbs. Suddenly, you know, they've lost that community base. Right. And now they're just white. That's exactly um, true. And that's also yeah. my experience. I grew up in an Anglo-Irish neighborhood. And, and right. there were Italian neighborhoods that what, we knew some of the Italian kids from school, but we just didn't go into there. Yeah. We just didn't go no, there. Exactly. 
And, yeah. and the same thing with Polish neighborhoods. And we didn't despise the people. We just left them to their own. It, I, it was I, their territory, yeah. And, and you, you were George, yeah. Right. I couldn't understand that at all, yeah. As soon as you move the blacks in, it causes a real problem because well, you right. yourself as white. Well, well, right. Everybody has to identify as white and 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 kind of um, team up to protect themselves from this plague yes. that just moved in. Yeah, and like Imam John says, this was our plan. It's what to do with Europe now, and what to do with these cities in America, and you can see it. Well, where I might differ from E. Michael Jones is that he would try to convert them, and I know it's futile. Yes, he would, yeah, 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 he would. You're right. I know it's futile, um, and I know they don't belong. Yeah. Uh, I go along a lot of what he says, but there's also big sections that I don't agree with him. But that's, I mean, that could be the same with even my work. So, but at the end of the day, I, I recognize what his, his work is, and he's certainly anti Jewish on YouTube this past. Past uh, few months, he, he, he has upped his game on that level. Well, that's so uh, you know, I do, I do like to listen to him, and he's an intelligent guy. But obviously, there's a clash between things he says with me. I should talk to him one day, but I, I kind of get the feeling we probably won't get along. I, I, I don't know. It's you, well, you know, well, he's, he sports the rabbis <laughs> and has his arguments on YouTube with rabbis, and so who knows. A lot of commentators today, and I hear this from younger people that really don't know, and I don't know how old Jones is. He might be older than me. I don't 70s, know. 70s, 70s. He's in his 70s, and to yeah. me, he should know better. Okay. Yeah. I was a child. I was born in 1960, and by 1980, I was employed in law enforcement in a big jail in Jersey City, right? And I saw all these blacks come up from the south and and blow up in in the great society their population just exploded and yeah. when i got to the jail now um i'm you know processing these people as criminals and you find out their religious their religious persuasion <laughs> and and um where they were born and things like that. And all the blacks that were born down south, the first and second generation even, were identifying themselves as Protestants, as Baptists, as Methodists. That's right. And they were, That's right. a lot of them were churchgoers. But yeah. that didn't change their behavior. And, and I hear commentators today saying, oh, if we could only Christianize the blacks, they won't be criminals. Well, Bullshit, because they were yeah. Christians. They were Christians when they moved north. And they still, yeah. th they can't be Christians. That's the bottom line. They cannot maintain Christian society. And we see that in Africa. Okay, how many, yes, yes. How many generations of apostles had to come to Europe where Europe would have ultimately be Christian? One generation. That's it. <laughs> Just yeah. one generation, and Europe became Christian. It took a couple of hundred years for Christianity to spread, but they didn't have the internet in those days. Europe, True. one generation of apostles, Europe ended up being Christian, the whole continent, and establishing mm -hmm. the most wonderful society in history. Now, yes. for 500 years, we've been sending missionaries to Africa. Why True. do they keep needing missionaries? Why? 
as soon as the white man leaves, they forget about Christianity. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they go back to what they were. And when the white man comes, he brings rewards. So they make obeisance to him because they want rewards. They want, let build me houses, build me churches, give me food, mm -hmm. plant the field for me, sh give me some yeah. John Deere tractors so I could harvest it. What the hell? Of course they're going to be Christians until the white man leaves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. cycle for five hundred years now. Well, so, like you say, South Africa, they're all communist, and they so not Christian. Well, it's been wonderful to talk to you, and, and we're <laughs> yeah, about yeah. two and a half it's hours, right, I think. Yeah, and and I hope we talk again soon one day. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we could do it again because there's still lots to be covered. So yeah, but I've enjoyed it. Thanks for the opportunity and. Uh, it was worth, well worth the wait and say hi to all your followers there in forums and I uh, hope they can continue following me as well. well. Well, I pray they do. I'm going to post links to your, your pod, your, your, um, to your videos, the different categories in your video page. Sure. And I, I'm sure most of them are probably already familiar with your work. I, I just get that feeling. <laughs> but if they're not, they certainly should be because it, it is... You, you have done an excellent job at, at this, especially the, 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 the struggle with Jewry and, and National Socialist Germany and, and um, trying to portray a clear and accurate record of what really happened. Yes. And yes. That's, that, that's awesome in itself, Dennis, and we appreciate you. Well, you know, uh, I can only do what I do, and uh, hopefully some people will realize... And in many ways, you know, people have, as the lives change, I get certain emails every day saying that, you know, the life's changing, so I'm pleased for them as well. But uh, what can I say? That's wonderful. And, and thank you. And praise Christ. Pleasure.